Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Thursday, February the 1st, 2024. On this edition of The Politocrat, remembering the late, great Joe Madison, the Black Eagle. Joe Madison passed away on the 31st of January. And on this episode, a look back at Joe Madison. Coming up next... Dear listener, greetings to you wherever you may be across the world at whenever time you happen to listen to this episode of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. It is a brand new month, the first day of a brand new month of February. Yes, this is a leap month, actually, because we are in a leap year, 29 days of February, and this is the first of them. But this episode of the Politocrat Daily Podcast, and I do hope you are well, dear listener, is going to be devoted to Joe Madison. Because just, well, in the earlier today, I got this very, very sad news. I found out that Joe Madison, who, of course, those of you who may know him or heard of him, the Black Eagle, the legendary radio broadcaster, activist, leader, and humanitarian, passed away at the age of 74. It's a very young age. 74 is not long. He had passed away yesterday, um, and apparently it was related to prostate cancer. He had beaten prostate cancer, but it came back um, last year, late last year, and at that time it was announced that Joe Madison would be taking time away from his show, his Black Eagle radio show on Sirius XM, to try to fight this cancer that had come back and dedicate his energy toward doing that. And so since last year, late last year, November or December of last year, his show was on reruns. In fact, I was just listening to one of his rerun shows this week. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I wonder when Joe Madison will come back on the air, you know? So it turned out that the answer to that question would be never. And so it's a very difficult day. And as you can obviously hear in my voice, a very sad time. Joe Madison was the leader of the Detroit chapter of the NAACP back in the day. He was someone who cared deeply about black people and about human rights related to black people. He went to Sudan at least half a dozen times on the African continent during the civil war that was going on there. And uh, he went there to, you know, there were so many things that this brother did in not just the radio show, not just his activism, not just being on the front lines, not just knowing and being a close friend of Rosa Parks, and being involved in boycotts with her, not just all of that. But the influence he had daily on people like yours truly, the countless influences he had over people all over this country, black folk, who listened to his show every day on Sirius XM, 
Channel 126, The Urban View. Joe Madison was that kind of a human being. He had such reach, such credibility, such integrity. Joe Madison was one of a kind. Original, authentic, and daring, in his words, in the words of Aretha Franklin as well. Joe Madison was the kind of human being who told the truth and never stopped telling it. Whether it was convenient or not, he was unabashed, unbowed, and unafraid. And he fought every day to better the lot of his people. And he really cared about human beings. So many sayings, so many things that Joe Madison would say that resonated with me personally. Put it where the goats can get it. That's what his grandfather would tell him. Speak simply and clearly so that everyone can understand. No highfalutin, no academia, just clear, concise speech. He talked about a culture that marginalized black folk. He talked about the challenge that every day on his show he would bestow. He would issue a challenge to his listeners. What are you going to do about it? We will complain about this and about that. But the ultimate question that Joe Madison had for you as a listener to his show was... What are you going to do about it? Joe Madison was a trendsetter and a trailblazer. Joe Madison was an influencer, but he was much more than that. Joe Madison was a teacher and a scholar. Joe Madison was a leader. Joe Madison, somebody who walked the walk. In an age where too many people are comfortable just opening their mouths and not actually doing anything beyond that. Joe Madison actually walked the walk. Joe Madison was someone who really did teach people. As I said, he was a teacher. He was an educator. He never called himself a journalist. He never called himself that. He was an activist and he was radioactive. In fact, that's the title of his memoir. The subtitle of which is A Memoir of Advocacy in Action on the Air and in the Streets. It's a great subtitle because that described exactly who Joe Madison was. I really urge you to read that book, read his memoir. Joe Madison and his now widow, Sherry Madison were the ultimate team on the air and off. And back in 2021 or thereabouts, when Sherry Madison happened to have a stroke on air, Joe Madison took his spouse to hospital, ended his show, had someone else take over. It might have been Sam or someone else. And he went about his business with his wife and his wife and to get treatment in the hospital. It was a trying time, and I remember listening to that episode of the Joe Madison Black Eagle radio show live when it happened. And the way that Joe Madison handled that episode live on air 
was nothing short of stupendous and extraordinary. It is a heavy heart from which I come to you on this day, dear listener, whenever you happen to be listening. It took all the strength that I could muster not to break down. No, look, I'm one to break down and shed a tear. I have feelings and I express them and it's important to. This is one where I didn't want to break. What I wanted to do was remember this man. And it's a very, very sad day. We have lost someone who's even larger than iconic. He is someone that meant everything and everything to the black community. And his, his passing, albeit on January the 31st, was announced today for a reason. The first day of Black History Month here in the United States of America. Joe Madison, for many years for many years, was one of the heartbeats and the consciences of the black liberation movement. And his activism on and off the air was a shining example for all of us who care about the liberation of black people. Joe Madison sat on the board of the Red Cross. Joe Madison had all kinds of guests on his show on Sirius XM Radio. In fact, I was someone who called into his show a couple of times, not as a guest, but as a random caller calling into his show. I talked to him in 2020. I talked to him about the efforts that I was doing on this very podcast you're listening to, educating voters state by state on what the procedures are for voting in each state in the country. And he thanked me profusely for that. God bless you for what you were doing, young man, he said to me. I'll never forget that. I also recorded that and recorded another time I was on a show. And I cursed out that orange menace at the time. And I used some choice choice words. He encouraged me to, as someone who cursed himself. He had a cuss jar on the air. So every time he would curse, he would donate money. And that money would, by the way, go to charities. And it would also go to the National History Museum of African-American History and Culture. And as a matter of fact, it was Joe Madison who, with his repeated entreaties to all of us as listeners, encouraged me to visit the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, which I did actually just this past December when I was on the East Coast. I went to Washington, D.C. and spent several hours at that museum. It's a museum you must go to, dear listener. Joe Madison was an immeasurable influence to many, including myself. And his breadth and depth and now his loss are simply incalculable. I really would like to dig up the audio of my phone call, one of my two phone calls into Joe Madison. But I don't have the energy to do that on this particular episode. I am really heartbroken at this loss. What I will do instead, after the break, is play you a portion of an interview that Roland Martin did with Mr. Madison last year on Roland Martin Unfiltered. And I do thank Roland Martin profoundly for this audio that you are going to hear after the break. A portion of that interview coming up right after this. 
This is a very, very sad day indeed. I could not believe when I heard the news. Literally found out on YouTube, uh, someone who was commenting on YouTube um, today mentioned that Joe Madison had passed away and I was thinking, what the devil is this? I just couldn't believe it. I really couldn't, but it became clear that there was no joking around and why would you joke about something like this? Joe Madison was an institution and he was even more than that. And so, Joe Madison, I miss you, brother. And uh, my, my deepest, most heartfelt condolences to the Madison family, particularly to his wife, Sherry, who was his partner, um, really. Um, Joe Madison didn't do anything without Sherry Madison. And obviously, uh, she must be beyond heartbroken at this hour. Again, my deepest condolences to Sherry Madison and the entire Madison family. You have lost more than a treasure. You've lost more than an American treasure. You have lost one of the ultimate heroes that I have and, and, and so much more than that. Joe Madison's book, his memoir is called Radioactive, a memoir of advocacy in action on the air and in the streets. I highly recommend that you get out and purchase this book. I really do. Joe Madison uh, talking about his life on and off the air. What I'm going to do now, dear listener, is play for you a portion of an interview that Roland Martin did with Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, last year, around uh, this time last year, actually, in uh, late February, early March of 2023. Um, it's just such a tremendous loss that we have here. Um uh, you hear a portion of this interview, and I thank Roland Martin for this. Please watch Roland Martin. Roland Martin is doing the kinds of things that Joe Madison did. Joe Madison actively supported the Roland Martin Unfiltered Show and the Black Star Network. Please download the Black Star Network app. And please watch Roland Martin Unfiltered and a number of other shows on the Black Star Network. Roland Martin Unfiltered is on the air Monday through Friday on YouTube and on the Black Star Network from Monday to Friday, from 6 p.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. Eastern, I strongly advise you to listen and watch. Watch that show every day. Please, please do so. And now, without any further ado, a portion, a portion of the interview that Roland Martin did with Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, in 2023. Money right in my hand. I tell a story. Whoa, 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 and you're in, you're in Tulsa, whatever. And somebody, and like you're on the air. And somebody black just walk up, they just go. But can I tell you a story? And they squeeze your hand. Can and I, they go. Can I, and tell, walk can I tell you a story? It's in the book. I started a cuss jar because I heard Howard Stern cuss a woman out. So I went to the president of Sirius XM and I said, can. I do what Howard Stern does. He says, well, you know, I've heard you slip up every now and then. And it's organic. 
I said, he said, but sure. I said, now, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. How is the six foot five white guy that you guys are paying a, a, you know, half a billion dollars to or more? And if I cuss out some white woman or white man, will you have my back? And he said, yeah. Now, I have my wife with me, who's the executive producer. She's always with me because she's the witness. And, <laughs> and, and we walked out, and I said, did he give me permission to do that? She said, oh, I think he did. So I started doing it. And every now and then, little old ladies would call up, God bless them. Oh, Mr. Madison, you really shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm gonna put a I, I'm gonna put a dollar and I first called it a swear jar, mm. but then George Wallace said black folks don't swear yeah, they we, cuss. We cuss, and so I changed it to a cuss jar. Now this goes back to what you said about palming. Right, right. I'm at Morehouse. We're doing a voter registration, get out the vote drive. Afterward, we're you know taking selfies. Right. Folks stand up, and the ministers. I walked out of there with $400 in cash and for the cuss jar. <laughs> and most of the money came from ministers. <laughs> they were like, keep cussing. I can't cuss, but you are a surrogate cussing. <laughs> I had a woman in Tulsa, she said, now Roland, I'm gonna give you this money, but, but baby, can you, can, you, can you just stop cussing? I said, look, I said, I said, I know how you feel. No. I said, but sometimes uh, I said, look, some stuff, some stuff got to be said. Look. The show is called Unfiltered. I said, I got to keep it real. Well, and, and, the, and the reality, if you're going to let Howard Stern do it, then, you know, I'm, you know, you're talking about equity. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I cuss. Now, I, but, now look, I don't cuss like Reese cuss. No, no. no I now, mean, Reese. Yeah. Reese cuss. Oh, is that right? But see, and every now and then, I have to invoke uh, my Jackson, man. You know, Samuel. I just, but but look, uh -uh, people. Uh -uh. Uh -huh. It's two. Who? Before I met Reese, there were two people who Why? I thought. What? First of all, I thought before I met Jennifer Lewis, Sam Jackson was the absolute king of motherfuckers. <laughs> But when I met Jennifer Lewis, she became the queen of motherfucker. But Reese is the princess of Reese. Will okay, okay. This is how I got to know Reese. Reese would do these videos right. on Twitter. Right. Joe, she be. I'm talking about. She uses more cuss words in two minutes than a whole lot of people. And, but she killing it now. She killing it. And so I said, man, you know, I, I said, I got to put her on the air. So Joe, she comes on the air, and so she's sitting on the air, and so she's talking. And I'm like, that ain't why I called your ass. I'm like, I need, so after about three or four appearances, I said, look, you got to, I, I need you to do you. I said, I, I ain't invite your ass here to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. The person doing them videos, oh, ever since then, oh, Lord. What, 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 what my girl say, let your freak flag fly, let your cuss flag fly. Well, it, it goes back again in the book. I, I have a, a, a chapter about success. And there was three things that I was told. Be original, be authentic, and then be daring. Mm. And when you look at folks, and particularly in our business, what you're doing, for example, nobody does this. 
it's, it's original. You're authentic. When you see Roland Martin, you get Roland Martin. Your guests are all authentic. That's really the That's formula of, of success. Um, but but I, I, I say this, Roland, uh, the one of the, the things I wanted the book to do was to be in my voice. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most difficult things I had with the editor and mm. Dr. Kenton. Uh, because they started writing it in their voice. And I always go back to what uh, Malcolm, somebody mm. said about Malcolm X and, and Al Taylor. Taylor. Uh-huh. Because Malcolm used to have to shape, you know, kind of shake up Alex Haley. That's not the way, that's right. not what I'm thinking about. So I wanted it to be in my voice. The other thing I wanted was people to understand that you use your, use your platform and and that the and I always remember something else. There's a chapter in there that Professor, the late Professor Ron Walters mm. said, and you t- and that was he w- he gave a lecture, and a student asked he he chastised students about moments. You go in, you have a demonstration, you leave, right? Go back to the campus, go back to wherever. You just had a moment, right? What, what moment? You, it was a moment. It was, it was a moment, and and so one student said, "Well, Professor." What's the difference between a moment and a movement? And he said, sacrifice. All movements in human history require mm. sacrifice. And sometimes that's what you do. I had to sacrifice a job. I, I tell this story in Philadelphia. If my first full-time talk show, uh, I moved from Detroit. That was my political base. Children were born. I moved everybody to Philadelphia. And uh, I was doing a show. Now, get this, midnight to 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) And I was only black. And I had the program director and the owner tell me, now, this is after. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. uh, We're getting too many calls and letters because this is before social media. Uh, You're talking about black folk too much. And and so, (laughs) you know, you know me. So the next day, I I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to interview two people, different viewpoints. So it was Ron Brown, because he was running to be chairman of the DNC, Mm -hmm. the first black chairman. So I had Ron Brown on one hour. And then the next hour, I interviewed Louis Farrakhan. (laughs) I was gone. uh, You say y'all want to see black? And, and then when I came to, uh, you know, then, and then when I came, and, and then, and you, t- and you, oh, now I'm, I'm re- and all of this is in the book. So I'm doing a, a TV that Geraldo was, this is when the, hey, the first beginning of talk radio. Right. And, and, and there was this argument about black folk, black folk, and, and, and uh, talk radio, but there weren't a lot of black folk. And the program director of WABC, uh, Geraldo asked him legitimately, why don't you have any black folk on, 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 in New York and you don't have a single black person? Uh, and he said, oh, well, we have to think about it. And then somebody spoke up and said, well, you do have a black person. And I can't remember the man's name now. And he said, oh, well, we don't think of him as black. And, and, and that debate is what sort of got me into Washington uh, and because the program directors said, well, if they don't want you in Philly, we want you in Washington. Mm-hmm. But I did say this. I'm not going here and replacing another black. See, they have one black person. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 uh, I said, so if you're going to hire me and fire her, then I don't want the job because I'm not going to play that game. Right. Um, this is, and you know, it's it's about sacrifice. And then take your platform, and and you do this all the time. Go to a war zone in Sudan. I I swear I asked, and Geraldo can be upset if he wants to. I've been in that war in South Sudan for, had gone back and forth at least six times. I kept asking people who had more resources than I had, come with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he asked me, well, can we get in and out of South Sudan in a day? Uh, what hotel are we going to stay in? Excuse me, we're sleeping in the bush. It's a war going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he just walked away. He just walked away, and I think at the time he was with ABC. And then I've had some brothers who I've asked to go with me, and 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 they what they would say, well, there's a war going on. You don't see the folks at CNN. Everybody's clamoring to get over there Mm -hmm. because there's a war uh, going on. And the other final thing I wanted people to understand in the book was people tend to look at us as we are now. Right. They see you. They say, oh, man, he's got a nice suit on. Brother, I was not born with this suit right, on. Right, right. I always say, no, everybody want to talk about Bishop T.D. Jakes today. They don't want to talk about when he was, when he was digging ditches in West Virginia. Or, or when I was, and when I was 10, year, t- 10 years old, my grandfather hauled trash. That's how he made a living. Separated metals, paper, and I w- worked with him. In those days, they called it a dump. Today, it's a landfill. <laughs> and that's how I spent my summers. That's how I made my money in my summer. So in the book, I talk about going from working and, and my grandfather saying to me, you don't like this, do you? What is there to like? No, hell no, I don't like this. <laughs> and he said, well, then, then you got two choices. And that is you either go to the military. In those days, he said to Army. Or you uh, you go to college, but come eighteen, you're getting out of here. And and I always and I talk about in the book that I go from working in a dump to interviewing the first black president of the United States in the Oval Office. Um, and so I just want people to understand uh, that uh, none of us in this business, first, all of us in this business have to use our platform. And right. that's what you were talking about all this, this evening. Yeah. You got to use, everybody can do something. And that's been my, 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 my mantra. No matter who you are, everybody can do something. I can't do what you do. This place is, I mean, I wish people could see where I am. This is magnificent. Man, you ought to be renting this out to, students, to, to all kind of folks. But everybody... <laughs> that, that, that's on the list. But everybody can do something. The, the thing that... You, you talked about being talk radio. And the, the general public really doesn't think about this. How white folks absolutely dominate talk radio. Oh, yes. But not just talk radio. Sports talk radio. Oh, and so how people I, I tell people all, all, all the time the, the media is the second most powerful institution in the world first being mil- guns okay. the military yeah. get the guns any cool is guns first yeah. media second and, you're, and, and just what you said is what you do with it so 
you've seen other folks and how they frame stories and how they talked about stories and how they've talked about individuals uh the the white loud republican how he dogging phyllis randall no no we're gonna have phyllis on and again yeah. it's, it's it's framing and i tell people all the time you cannot ignore the reality of how powerful media is in shaping the hearts and minds of the public that's right and the other thing i'll i'll talk about and that is and this is what makes your show so fascinating and popular you hear me say put it where the goats can get it yeah i tell people that all around the country and i said as joe madison says put it where the goats now can get that it. that is an, i came you know and i'm kind of intimidated with all these distinguished professors <laughs> <laughs> i mean i am absolutely especially my man from howard oh, great, great. Great. <laughs> I am. but let me tell you let me tell you i came back from college <laughs> And I believe it was a Thanksgiving dinner. My grandfather, Clarksdale, Mississippi, no more than a sixth grade education, wasn't because he was dumb. It was just what it was. Jim Crow as well. Jim Crow, Jim Crow. And I'm trying to wax eloquently about what I, this philosophy teacher and data. My grandfather looked, he said, Joseph, why don't you put it where the goats can get it? It's an old country saying, goats eat down to the root. They go beyond the top and they go all the way down. And he said, if you can explain it to me so that I understand it, I imagine that teacher with a PhD would probably understand too. Right. And that's, this is what irritates me about all of these talking heads that, you know, that, that uh, you see on, on news shows is they, you know, I just wish they would just plain, just, we could, somebody used to say, explain it to me like I'm in the second yeah, grade. it's real basic. Just basic. I mean, we, we used to always cross paths uh, during Lou Dobbs' show when he was sane, uh, when he was at CNN. People don't believe, but at one point right. he well, was sane. Lou, Lou Dobbs was yeah. absolutely sane. Yeah, right, then he right. had lobotomy and he lost his damn mind. Actually, it was talk radio that actually changed him. Yes, it was. It, it was the, when he well, got I, that I, radio show. See, when he got that contract. Because that <laughs> that when he got the radio show, yeah. it was around the same time that Rush Limbaugh signed for 100 million. Yes. And Lou, that's what caused Lou to lose his damn mind. So we used to always do these shows together, and, and you're absolutely right. One of the things that made me so popular on CNN, I told it straight. That's right. I mean, I wasn't sitting here, and, and, and it, was a, it was a trip because they tried to change my wardrobe. Really? They, oh, yeah, absolutely. They tried to change. Uh, they always wanted, you know, this is how we do it. I said, whoa, let me explain something to y'all. I ain't them. I remember sitting on the set one day, and Joe, Joe, Joel Klein with Time Magazine was sitting there, and someone said something. I said, no, I ain't him. I said, first of all, look at him. I said, he got dirt on his jacket. He wears some khaki pants and his boring-ass blue shirt. I said, I don't know about y'all, but shit, I'm clean. That ain't me. I said, I ain't going to never look like him. So I don't care what that, because they used to, because I used to have a clothes rack that was in my office. I had suits. I had shirts. I had cufflinks. And I would be on the air daytime and nighttime. And they would go, you wouldn't change clothes or say, oh, a brother can't wear the same thing in prime time he wore in daytime. So they, they were always trying to figure mm-hmm. out. I said, y'all, I'm going to do me. That's right. And I mm-hmm. understood the right. audience, how to speak to the audience. And the reason that that thing I knew was a trip, 2008, 
The debates had already been scheduled. The first two debates, I had speeches. I wasn't on. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't in studio. Yeah, I heard you say that. And yeah. we we lost the first two debates, CBS. So the third debate, I had another speech. I get. I'm flying from speech. Mm-hmm. The president, president worldwide, calls me. I get a voicemail. Hey, Roland, it's Jim. Buddy, nothing urgent. Give me a call uh, when you can. Mm. When, when the worldwide CEO call you mm-hmm. and say nothing urgent, you know it's urgent. Yeah, you know it. So I knew exactly what I saw. I called my agent, Mark Watson, and said, Mark, we're probably going to have to move that speech next week. I think uh, he's he, uh-huh. he telling me we need you. And then when I called him, he said, uh, we need you on set. Right. So I go on set, and they got, that's when they had them huge panels. So they had about 10 of us up there. Uh, it was no, it was nine. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was eight panelists. It was, it was not. It was yes, it was nine panelists. It was two anchors. They had eight seats. I was like, so I'm standing up. And I was like, who could be the first black person seeing me? Who called me or sent me an email about me standing up? It was Spike Lee. Black man can't get a chair. <laughs> so when the night was over. I was like, yo, what, what the hell was up with that? They said, oh, no, no, no. We, we, wanted, we wanted everybody to see that you were here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what they told yeah. me. That's yeah. when, again, that's when you understand yeah. how you have, have an impact on people. And it's who you're communicating with. You have been doing that. But serious is one thing. But talk about, again, being in D.C., and dealing and talking just regular, ordinary folk, the folk like your grandfather, and how they have a commitment to say, we're going to ride with you, Joe. We got your back no matter what happens. Well, I, I, I think you get to a certain point where they just can't deny you. you look, they know you're professional. They, and, and I think there's the other issue. I, I'll say this. They know you'll walk out the door. I mean, I, I, I will walk out the door. Um, can I add something, though? Let, not yeah, to get off ahead. that point. I, you were talking about Jackie Robinson. I think the piece you did was superb. Um, I, I wanted to remind everybody that this summer, Rachel Robinson is going to be 100 yep. years old. Indeed. And if you're going to talk about Jackie Robinson, you've got to talk about Rachel Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, this may tick a lot of people off. I said it yesterday at George Washington University, I have a Jackie Robinson project that they won't fund, the university won't fund it. They have to raise their own money. And and, and um, I said yesterday, you know, maybe if Will Smith had just stopped and paused for a moment and thought about Jackie Robinson, and what was said to Rachel in those stands. They called her everything but a child of God. And I said, and he had a bat in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And maybe he just should have thought about Jackie Robinson mm. and what and what and and what was said about him and the woman he was married to until the day he he died. Now, I know there's an argument about who should have slapped who or not slapped and that kind of thing. Um, and I personally also think that there ought to be curriculum in every college about Jackie Robinson's legacy because it was more than just baseball. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know? I mean, you read his book, I Never Had It Made. He was a uh, business person. I mean, these professors, the professors know better and was than hard, I and, and was hardcore and challenged his own Republican Party. And, and there's another issue, too, I've, I've been hit, hitting on. Fort Hood. You know, you know, they, you know, you know now, first of all, well, he was court-martialed. There is an effort and a petition to change the name of Fort Hood to the Jack, Jackie Robinson base. Really? Yes. Look it up. That, and, and by the way, so let's start with who was Hood. He was a Confederate general. He was a Confederate general who, by the way, quit the military. <laughs> so I want the audience out there to go look it up. And I think that's one of the next things that they, since they're talking about changing the names of these bases. And one of the hardest things to find is the TNT movie where Andre Breyer played Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. uh, it was called The Court Martial Jackie Robinson. It, it, I have been, you cannot find that anywhere. Yeah. I remember watching it. Uh, and I, it may be still on VHS tape, but not even on DVD. And once again, I want to thank Roland Martin. Thank you so very much, Roland, for that audio that... Uh, you, dear listener, have been listening to. That was an interview on Roland Martin Unfiltered from 2023 with Joe Madison, who was promoting his book, Radioactive, a memoir of advocacy in action on the air and in the streets. Joe Madison passed away on January the 31st, 2024, at the age of 74, from prostate cancer which had resurfaced in his life last year. Joe Madison was a critical thinker, a leader, an activist, a humanitarian, a communicator, a Hall of Fame broadcaster, and he walked the walk. An educator and someone who will be deeply missed. I, for one, will certainly miss him so deeply and dearly. And once again, my deepest condolences to Sherry Madison and the entire Madison family. I'm so sorry about this loss. It's such a painful one. And there are lots of people across this world, not just in this country, but across this world who will have felt this loss on this day and beyond. It is a heavy heart that I have, dear listener, on this Thursday, the first day of a brand new month. Dear listener, I do encourage you to listen to Sirius XM Urban View, channel 126. Please listen to the tributes that you'll be hearing. I'm sure throughout this day and throughout the next few days, the coming days on Joe Madison, who was an icon on Sirius XM and um, commanded listeners Every day, millions of listeners, around five or six million listeners per day to his show from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the East Coast. It was one of those really important things you had to do, whether you were driving into work, just waking up on the West Coast at 3 a.m., whatever it was, to listen to Joe Madison and all the guests that he had on, all the things that Joe Madison would say, arguing with callers and calling out racists. I mean, Joe Madison, I've got to play you over the next few days some of the clips 
from Joe Madison's show. I can't do it on this episode. I am just, I just can't. It's just too painful for me, honestly. And I'm sorry for being whatever here, but I am self-indulgent, whatever you want to call it. Um, Self-important. I don't know what you might be thinking, dear listener, but this is a really irreplaceable person that we've lost here. You have to understand, um, Joe Madison was everything to us, everything to me, everything to many, many people, many black people. And um, he was an educator. And again, I've said that before, but he was so much in this world and so many millions of people miss him tonight, today, tonight, tomorrow night, any night, any day. And it won't be the same in this world about the Black Eagle. Dear listener, you know what to do. Follow on social media at the popcorn, R-E-E-L, on X and um, numerous other podcast, uh, social media platforms. And of course, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel for it. YouTube.com forward slash at sign the politocrat P-O-D. Email the podcast. The following email address will suffice. Politocratpod at gmail.com. And of course, the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store is open for business. The web address, the-politocrat at, excuse me, the-politocrat.myshopify.com. That's the dash politocrat.myshopify.com Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. Rest in power, Joe Madison.